ABC of Ita. Your favorite radio show. The best <coughs> radio show. Hosted by Fita. Which is us, F78. And F89. We are your hosts for the next two hours. Two hours of beautiful stories. Pleasure. Informative um, discussions. Displeasure. Music. And very many other things. And surprises. Today, like real surprises. Today we have a real Not surprise. Not like fake surprises. What are fake surprises? Tell me what are fake surprises and what are real surprises. Fake surprises like being like experimental and poetic on the microphone. Okay. Mm, that's fake. And real surprises? Having a guest. <gasps> we have this week a special guest. Hello to our special guest. Hello. Hello, Hen. Hello, ich bin Athanasius. Hello, Athanasius. And uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? How are you, darling? Uh, we're I'm doing so glad I'm here with you. We're very happy you're here. Um, I want to ask you, when you're doing this performance of speaking very gently to bring the microphone near your mouth. Near my mouth. And with this velvety voice. Yeah, like Bjork. Like Bjork. Yes, and when you're when you're gonna be more hysterical, I want you to take the microphone a little bit away from your mouth. Yes, yes. So this is going to be the game today. Yes. Okay. So um, we have a special guest today. The letter uh, of straight the from the DDR. Straight from the DDR, uh, our special Deutsche Freund. Our, our friend. audience uh, knows our guest from his uh, seminal um, performances uh, at the Documenta TV. Yes, on seminal, YouTube. seminal, <coughs> where he channels the Hellenic spirit broadly and greatly. Yeah. Um, what uh, we're going to do today is... So it's our first threesome radio show. Yes, it's our first threesome we're radio bit, show. We're a bit anxious. We're hoping to repeat that mm -hmm. if it goes well. Let's see. Let's see it's a big responsibility for you to behave. I know, I know. But it's the letter I. It's the letter I that really brings this threesome together. You know, it's the dichotomy between you and you and, and the I. I. Yeah, yes, exactly. And on this note, I'm going to play the first um, music piece for the day, um, which is by uh, a band called Instant Music, and the song is called My Boy.
So we're back, the ABC of Itam. Today we discuss words starting from I. I. Do you know the concept of the show, Thanatos? I know the concept. I've been a huge fan. Mm-hmm. I, Good. So every week we discuss le, like ideas starting from a specific letter. Today we discuss ideas and concepts and bands and all things starting from I. I. A very difficult letter, mm-hmm. a very suspicious letter. Mm-hmm. What is I? I is uh, a castrated phallus, I would say. <laughs> Isn't so it? For the first word of the day, it will be the two of us discussing. Yes. Because it's a bit um, psychoanalytic. It is. And we are a big, big fans of uh, psychoanalysis, both of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan. I don't like the church, but uh, I'm a fan. I also like the church. I, I, I know, I know. My boyfriend is a priest okay. of the church, so I A like mitglied, as exactly. they say. Ostkoi. <laughs> so it's going to so, be challenging for the, the listeners. So we yeah. have the I and the Ich. So a very good note for our audience and for Phil. Uh, in, in German, the psychoanalytic term for the ego uh, is ich. Ich. And then they translated it in English and they wanted to make it more scientific. So instead of translating as I, they translated as ego, which is like Latin and pseudo-scientific. And this... Mm, what yeah, but I think Freud was writing this like ego psychology. No. I mean... Ego psychology is a totally different thing, but I think Freud had this kind of um, <laughs> ich psychol ah it's ich yeah, yeah. okay sorry so yeah, yeah yeah we can move on we can, we move, can on. move on yeah, yeah so the eye yeah the eye of the tiger <laughs> it's a challenging concept yeah because why because it's like it's a letter and also is the 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 speaking subject. In yes, in, exactly. uh, in the English grammar. Yes. So in order to speak, <laughs> you need an I. That's a beautiful interview. But starting but from I. Yes. So we have the ego. Yes. Let's let's talk a bit about that. Because let's talk about the people it. don't know. Yes, people like, are people waiting are for us to educate them. Yes, that's, and that show is educational radio, and first thirsty. and foremost. So relax and enjoy. Enjoy your your. Your specular image, for example. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your ego as it is mirrored in the surface in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have yourself, yes, how you feel and stuff like that. Then you have your specular image. Yes, like the image on the mirror. Yes, and then you say, ooh, that's the ego. That's me. That's me, exactly. Me, me. And then, and then you say, oh... That is me. It is I who mm-hmm. is pictured there. So I so, so comes from the outside world. Yes. Comes from where? From the other. From the language. Ah. Yes. The universe, the linguistic universe. Yes? You sound like a member of the church, my dear. I've, I've been there a bit. <laughs> so we have a song, maybe. <laughs> and continue yes, our discussion later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure you don't want to tell us something more about the I? Because the I, the, it's like because this is like the basis of this show. Uh, you know, it's the letter I, know, I, I know. and it's this is the, the only letter in the 
you know, English alphabet, in the Latin alphabet, the only letter that actually means something in English. So that's why I think, you know... Uh, and I in Latin is also the first. So you say, like, Fivos the first. I. So anyway, but I wanted to say that you have this this split ego, this me, me here and me in my image, and then you have the I, which is the third term. Mm -hmm. So that's really crucial for the people to understand that the ego, the me, the subject is split by the I, which is the third term and comes in like a, like a cut, you know? Gilotine. Like a gelatine. Like a gelatine. Th exactly. Thank you, exactly. thank you. And uh, the next song is I Am Sorry by the Inflatable Boy Clams. You know your blue dress, your favorite one with all the lace and the full skirt? Well, I wore it out the other night. I thought I would surprise you at that party we went to last Friday. So it was real nice to wear and stuff, but I came home and my I had started my period, and it was all over the back of it, this big stain. And so I tried to bleach it out because I knew that you liked the dress so much, but I bleached out the dress, and it ate away all the fabric in the back, plus all the petticoats. So there's this big hole all around the skirt. I'm sorry. Well, I came in here the other day, and your pink poodle was in here. And I saw the bass plucked in, so I started playing, playing the bass. And then your um, dog started chewing on the cord, and he started, like, frying and frizzing. And then I thought it sounded so good that I put the tape recorder on, and he kind of, like, fried a little bit too much. I'm sorry. I went into your room the other day to listen to your tapes. And I put on this one tape with you and Alan, and I played it, and I guess your tape recorder was broken or something, and it ate it in half. So I put in another one with you and Winston, and I was listening to that one, and it did the same thing. Then I put on one with you and Bruce, and it ate that one too. And then I put on you and Steven. So all your tapes, all your favorite tapes got eaten. So I don't think you should use your tape recorder, but I'm sorry. Well, that doesn't matter, because I went into your bedroom the other night, and your cousin was in there in bed, and I thought it was you, so I crawled in. And then I just started feeling around, and it felt really good. And then I found out that he sort of likes doing it with me, and he says he wants to do it more on a regular basis and see me more than you. I'm kind of sorry about that. I went to use your car the other day, you know, after you were over with my cousin. I guess I was mad or something. But I took your car down the street, and you haven't seen your car yet, have you? Well, I took your car down the street, and I was driving it, and you know how bad I am about accidents. Well, I went, and I stopped in the middle of an intersection so I wouldn't get in a wreck. And this car came, and it didn't really damage the body, but it broke all the glass, and the, all the windows are out. And I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I saw your drawings here and your layouts, and I just thought I'd kind of fix them up a little bit, make them, you know, a little more cropped. So I kind of, like, changed them around. 
So I love the inflatable boy clowns. I love them know, too. And I'm sorry, you know, this um, song which That's is about apologizing, but also not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best kind of apologizing. The best kind of apologizing. The only kind of apologizing, really. Aggressively non-apologizing apologizing. This is what, how Greeks apologize, isn't it? it absolutely. This is, That's uh, what my father used to do. Yeah. It's like the Ottoman way. <laughs> like power bottoming. Uh, exactly. Yes. Uh, and our guest wants to say something about apologizing. I'm not sure if it's the Ottoman way. It's the the provincial Ottoman way. The right? provincial yeah. Ottoman way. Yeah, yeah. The Italian influenced Ottoman way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's between Corfu. Yeah. 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 Between <laughs> the legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the two legs, like the Ottoman leg and the Italian Venetian leg. Uh, we will speak up, talk about Italy a little bit in detail later. That's great. But let's take another. Concept to continue there are two with. concepts there are Istanbul and Italy that we should maybe investigate. Um, but we wanted to t- touch upon something different uh, now. Very different, I have to say. Which is, give us the next concept. Mm, the next concept is... Um, <coughs> institutional critique. Uh-huh. Such a boring topic with such uh, interesting discussions after uh, behind. What is institutional critique? So, historically speaking... Historically speaking... Uh, it's something uh, broadly starting in the 60s. Situationists and so on. Yes, by basically in, in the art context, because institutional critique, we can say it has many different aspects. Starts from the, as we all know, very horizontal structures of situationism <laughs> and not at all totalitarian <laughs> uh, per- at all. persona of Gideborg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in the context of art, which mm-hmm. is our main focus, because we are artists, artists curators, art theorists, everything, you know, art workers, all that. Uh, it's the like the, how it's called uh, the critique of the museum as the space for the art to be exhibited, and and also of the somehow of the monetary uh, uh, yeah, issues that, that are behind. I mean, so uh, art. One could say that maybe elements of institutional critique have a slight. Um, I don't know. Could could reach even conspiratorial levels of anti-institutional. Mm. Uh, uh, we have now that you said that. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we have David Icke, who is like a very influential figure. He's one of the of the main f- thinkers of the conspiracists. Okay. Icke. Let's remember. He's the guy. English. Uh, writer and uh, public speaker uh-huh. and public preacher even, who uh, has developed all this conspiracy theory around the, lip- the reptilians, that the world is governed by this huge uh, two-meter-high or three-meter-high reptilian uh, people or individuals, among them is George Bush and uh, Queen Elizabeth and so on. May I uh, stop you here? Because yes. I know you, you like to ponder it. and to think. Pondering, I love it. Uh, you love pondering, but we were talking about institutional critique within art. That's okay. two of us uh, <laughs> doing the pondering thing, so it's going to be... It's the show of pondering. A ponderous show. <laughs> Very ponderous show. 
Um, <laughs> Very interesting, though, the so, David Icke. So uh, th- this notion starts in the 60s mm-hmm. and, and kind of uh, creates a, a sort of purity for the independent, for the absolutely. non-centralized, for all th- all those things. At the very core, it, it implies that art should be something that's like pure and basically a force of good let's say i mean okay this is a little bit i'm i'm yeah. wondering if we've started with it's a unfair. with a really harsh and unfair to an extent uh version of institutional yeah. critique because one can say that yes there has been cases in which institutions have their own mm-hmm. line and mm-hmm. have their own uh um you know they they, they don't allow for mm. expression mm. yet they invite artists to um pretend that they are, you know, sensitive about particular issues and so on. So there is this appropriation, Barbara Kruger kind of thing mm-hmm. happening, which is a fair fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. But where are we today with institutional critique? So there are so many circles of institutional critique since the 60s, obviously. So there is like an approach from the institutions to kind of, I don't know, assimilate this critique or kind of take in account this uh-huh. critique and then there is a counter response from the let's say radical arts to kind of doubt this possibility of uh, the uh, I don't know for institutions being self-reflexive and critical to themselves right maybe there is another circle of institutions trying to also respond to this critique of the um, appropriation w- of the critique. Sh- it's like we an endless... Uh, b- before we theor- theorize Russian. about this circle, oh, uh, the guests want yeah, to... I, just like, I remember now that uh, in the years I was studying fine arts, mm-hmm. it was even like, I don't know, maybe it was the wrong circles there that... You definitely me. hang around I the wrong circles. Wrong there is no right circles so in studying fine art in yes, Greece. Yes, they are all the wrong circles. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. You know that, right? I know it. I, I felt it. Uh, so, I wanted to say that back then we were wondering, yes. is there still institutional critique in art? Is there still a critique even in art? You mean things have been so like it sold so, out? Yes, and it was so old, <laughs> such an old of an issue. So I, yeah, it yeah. was like, and you know, it was Athens. It's Athens. It's very anti-institutional. Athens is, Athens you know, Athens is because people don't realize that Athens are lots of Athens. <laughs> so <laughs> there are very many Athens of the world. Many Athens. For example, there is Athens, uh, Georgia. Athens, Georgia, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> there is Athens, much. Georgia. There is Athens, Iliupoli. Yes. There is exactly. uh, Athens, uh, Lyosia. Yes. Iliosia. <laughs> so A Japanese area. Yes. So, so back uh, then we were wondering is there anything to mention still or to be inspired from, from this old wave of institutional critique, you know? Those yeah. How how, how do you achieve this purity of the of the rioting students, basically? Uh, through art. Through art. Through art. And and but 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 should we pause for a minute and 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 talk a little bit about how we felt it as fita? For for me, it's really important to take in account that Documenta 14 happened in Athens, and uh, it was uh, an institution that at the same time 
had a very strong anti-neoliberal, like radical politics narrative in uh-huh. all of its public uh-huh. kind of statements and in the books, in the ma- like uh, print material, in their discussions, everything. And at the same time, it was the the, the largest kind of art institution ever to have landed, to have worked in, in Athens. So there was this really interesting paradox that made kind of uh, sort but of institutional um, I, I, critique look, uh, relevant in a way. Thank you for wanting to say that, but I asked you how have we felt it as Vita? Not, I didn't ask you for more theory. Ah. I know this is your brain does not work in any sort of linearity, but it's a, I, I, the multiplicity. It's a multiplicity brain. Uh, it's a, you know a nice college. Yeah. Um, <coughs> how have we felt it as Vita? Mm. I, I yeah, yeah, you're right. I, okay, I get look, it now. Look, you don't have to say anything because it's in my brain. The answer, anyway, it was like a rhetorical, a rhetorical gesture. question. That, uh, no, but I know what look, you want to hear. I, I, I know it. I know no, it. What I want <laughs> to say is that you know it. W- it has been amazing how we have been continuously in this danger area mm. of ah, if you do that, you're too institutional mm. ah if you do that then you're not kind of you know institutional enough to be influential yeah. and it's like this continuous line of y- you have to do things in a very specific way which is sort of institutional mm-hmm. but you have to pretend that you're also not really doing it in an institutional way so we we, so we fail at both yeah it's that's the art way totally <laughs> yeah, that's the, exactly that's the art way and you know if you're someone who has a minimum amount mm. of self-reflection Flexivity and insight, mm. you know, you pause at some point during the night. And you're like, what have I done? Well, you say to yourself, nightmares, should. <laughs> yeah, carrying your, on your weight, you cannot breathe, you know. And But there are all these people Incubus. that they have no problem. The, 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 the people, you know, that work in these institutions, mm. and they have no problem to pretend that this sort of contradiction works mm. um, should we ask our guest a little bit about institutions because all you say is mm. you know I'm thinking because you know as I said in our A episode I used to be a mega anarchist you ha- yes. so I really struggled with uh, dealing with institutions through art mm-hmm. which is something I didn't struggle for example when I did you know my studies in universities which no, are because obviously universities are pure are very they? good uh, institutions mm-hmm. yeah. it's the moment you enter the gallery yeah, it's that's, like uh, the, that's when know. you shake hands with the devil yeah basically basically yeah the Nazis are there <laughs> yes it's a contract. It's a is a contract with the devil. A bit. It's like uh, the Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto. <So> <laughs> <laughs> it's Schuld and uh, guilt. Guilt, mm-hmm. as we say in um, English, in plain <laughs> German. <laughs> yes. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's very interesting what you say from your academic experience. I really love it because in academia, I I think you have this kind of. Uh, entitlement easily to speak about things, whereas from art you have the same thing, but on another level. You have this entitlement to share your personal story as if it is quite universal in a way. Mm-hmm. But starting from the personal, and it's all in the package of of the of the marketing there. But in academia, it's uh, it's There's the other no way. Guilt. It's like academia has no. There guilt. is no personal. It's it's already universal. The egg that is boiling in my head is coming out as the universal egg. 
in academia. I see. So, um, yeah. We, we have a lot of um, um, rhetor rhetorical and uh, allegorical devices today. Yes. As we know, Athanasius is very... Um, loves this. Uh, yes, because I'm from Athens. <laughs> and the Athenians are peoples that love the allegorical, as we say. Yes, it's like how Documenta went to the Parthenon, you know, they mm -hmm. went there, they had to walk around, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they were like, allegory, let's do this ritual where we have these ponies. Mm -hmm. It jumped, you see, conceptual jump, jump, a, a leap of faith, of sectarian faith, sectarian you faith. could say. So it was this kind of, yeah, let's put some ponies there and... See what happens. Yeah, yeah. And make them go from Athens to... Fly. Germany, to yeah. Kassel. Yeah, like fly away. Yeah, fly, yeah. Into the imagination of... Imagination. ...of Philhellenism. Yes, exactly. Let's continue with a song. Implog Holland Tunnel Drive. No food in the fridge, no TV shows, 
so we're back um, this is the for those who have just joined this is the ABC of Vita a very good radio show um, to, um, it's a show that deals with a letter of the English alphabet each of the bi-weekly shows mm -hmm. and today we're dealing with I and we have a special guest Athanasius in the studio a round of applause ladies and gentlemen and round of applause And uh, what is the next... It's uh, a very difficult term. show, because the difficult letter, as we said, is the gelatin, cutting the subject from its spectral image, uh -huh. is also a letter that is the tenth of the English alphabet. And that, um, I think it's the ninth, <laughs> but w w is that, does that render it... Uh, in any way difficult? Difficult, yeah. The difficult ninth show. Ninth is the divine number, you know. And yes. It's the Holy Week, the mm -hmm. sacred uh, Holy Week. Mm -hmm. So we're in the in context, art in context, as uh, they say. Art in context. Um, so many references, so much um, intertextuality, as they say. And <laughs> has that been a spoiler <laughs> for the next uh, word? No. No. Oh, it hasn't. Okay. <laughs> so what is the next word? The next word is insanity. Ah, okay. Another In a way everything we say is a spoiler for that word. Um that's a that's a kind of another w sort of like psychoanalytic term then, huh? Insanity. Yeah. Well, is it not? Who's insane? Okay. <laughs> Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. <coughs> Insanity signifies a state of madness. So it's like a socially constructed, uh, let's say, category to characterize all those subjects that somehow cannot participate in the symbolic order. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. no? Oh, no. I wouldn't say they cannot participate. No? I would say they participate in... In in their own terms, but these terms are mm -hmm. don't agree that much with the, let's say, the general mm. uh, uh, broad consensus. Let's say uh, to connect to the previous discussion about institutional critique. Yeah, uh, there is this uh, famous psychology experiment in the happened in the the seventies called uh, called on being sane in insane places. And basically Amazing title. The Rosenan experiment, as they say, um, where this psychiatrist, this critical psychiatrist, um, uh, basically told, uh, I think, 12 uh, psychology students to go to a psychiatric clinic and say to the doctors that they have hallucinations. So all of them, they were, let's say, how you say, uh, when they take them in, they were hospitalized, all of them. Mm-hmm. And then one week later, they went to the doctors and they said, you know, we are not actually crazy. It's just an experiment. We want to see, to measure whether you will, you know, take us in or not. Now the experiment is end, ended. And the doctors didn't believe them. Oh my God, this is one of my worst nightmares. So the doctor said, no, you're crazy. Yeah. You are delusional. You think there is an experiment, but this is real. And the professor had to go to the hospital and convince them that these people were part of an experiment, etc. So, 
in a way, this comes from a an, an different kind of institutional critique. I know you don't like microphones. I know it's phallic. I know there, is, there are issues. I know you cannot swallow. I know you don't <laughs> take it up the ass. But we cannot hear you in the whole show. Please do something about speaking on the microphone. Thank you. Now, now that I will try to swallow. Try, please. You have to train. I have a very, so. very intense gag reflex. It comes from uh, the many years of institutional critique I partake in. Yes, yeah. And also, you know, like, uh, now that we're talking about insanity and I and psychoanalysis and stuff like that, yeah. I would like to mention Irma. Do you know Irma? Irma's injection. Irma's injection. Oh, my God. Oh my God. The <laughs> church is is really hyper. It's getting hyper on Irma because like Irma is like... Excursion. It's amazing. It's like... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when Freud, so let's give give a clue so uh, to our audience, yes, to our Phil. beloved audience. So the thing is that Freud, you know, he wrote this kind of the interpretation of dreams. Very good book, amazing one. It's like a cornerstone, like you know, very very good. Mm-hmm. And there he talks about uh, some dreams of mm-hmm. um, patients or his own and stuff like that. And then he, uh, there he has his own dream, one of his dreams where... Which is very, uh, like, bold to put out your own dream in, exactly. a, in a book. It's a confession mm. in other terms, you mm-hmm. could say. So, and this is before the birth of psychoanalysis, so... It's it, is, it is out of topic, but it's a, it's a good... Shivers. Shivers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he talks uh, about one of his dreams where one of his... Inside the dream, one mm-hmm, of his mm-hmm. patients mm-hmm. is Irma, oder Irma. I don't know how the Brits or English speakers Irma? call Irma. Irma. So, um, and there he has like, um, it's really like you feel really like he's sharing something very intimate. Mm-hmm. Would you uh, like to describe the dream? Mm, I can't remember the whole of it, but he's among some. <laughs> he's among some of his. Okay, within the dream, mm-hmm. he's among. He's in, in some company of mm-hmm. other peers. professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, peers. Other doctors. Like doctors. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there, uh, he um, um, he also meets one of his patients, which is Irma. And um, he talks about how she was complaining about something she had on her throat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he had to inspect the throat and examine her mm. situation. And then he saw this kind of very slimy white thing on the throat, which, yes. by the way, it reminds me, like, I don't know, Freud, you know, he was very much into cocaine at some point. It is very... And it's very much like this thing that stays on your throat. After you party. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, you know, it, I have this thing, this obsession, like, when you snort something, you have to <laughs> take it all down. Yes. But then it's impossible, because your throat, your anatomy, filters out <laughs> some of the quantity so you know it's this kind of situation anyway if you want to talk about cocaine and freud he has these cocaine papers amazing amazing it's not starting from i i'm afraid it's not i'm sorry i'm sorry but anyway and then irma it happens something with irma there um 
it's it's am- <laughs> it's amazing really 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 um, um i might have to make to to to, to intervene. Uh, intervene and stop anything that has to do with psychoanalysis with you two in the studio because you are I you ma- are into functionality psychoanalysis is about the nothing okay so okay so i hope I that mean, our in audience way, in a way conceptually <laughs> maybe that kind of covers me that this show is about nothing because it's the i exactly because yes this is the point like it's about uh assuming what like the 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 field where nothingness is dominant there so that's the i no that's psychoanalysis Speak about the injection in the dream. This is the whole point of the dream. Then Freud wants to inject Irma, so he cures the problem, and he notices that the syringe is really dirty. So, you know, lots of analysis can be done about the syringe. And he's German. Yes. Uh, Austrian, so... (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. Um, So... The thing is, what uh, Peter Gay says about this dream, which is really, I think, fascinating. You hate this kind of American, Anglo-American psychoanalytic tradition. Not a member of a church, <laughs> but with strong opinions. It's not a church, it's a school. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so basically, Peter Gay thinks that Freud basically talks about his relationship with uh, Dr. Flisch. A good friend of Freud, they started together training as psychiatrist. But Flisch was a bit more crazy than Freud, and he thought all psychological problems are due to nose problems. So Flisch was doing all these really crazy operations, breaking the bones of like a mental patients to fix them. And Freud, for a f- couple years, because he was kind of in love with Flisch, their, lover, their letters are super kind of love letters like. The Judith Butler of psychoanalysis. The Eleni Menegaki of psychoanalysis. (laughs) (laughs) I like how the Judith Butler of psychoanalysis is something kind of bad. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? So, uh, So, Freud was indulging this theory of the nose. At some point, he came to his senses and he was like, okay... Breaking your your patient's nose is not that great of an idea. One died, actually, or was severely damaged. And Freud, at that point, was like, okay, Dr. Fleece, I really like your penis, but we're not friends anymore. Okay. Did he say, I like your penis? No. No. Um, uh, And then this dream, Irma's injection, is like a reflection, maybe, this is an interpretation, of this really difficult relationship Freud had with Fleece. Next song, IUD Precious. Precious, so I think. 
my sweat? Cause I'm precious. So I think. Feed me lots of zombies and watch me fuck things up. I'll steal your boy or girlfriend. I roll it in my cup because I'm precious. Cause I'm great. Cause I'm precious. At least I think. Precious. 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 Unfortunately, a very short song um, mm. after a very long part of you two mumbling. indulging in mumbling. Yes, um, the ninth difficult show of ABC of Itam. Uh, it's it's a bit like uh, you know, like uh, these uh, sort of jokes. What do the last two psychoanalyst thinkers do? You know, when they meet in the pub, but. Athanasius is right. Don't be so functionalist. This show is experimental. Let's like make no sense. Okay. Mm. Maybe. What time is it now, Phil? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time is it? Poetry time. Oh, it's poetry time. Yeah, it's our favorite time of the week. Poetry time. We love poetry. So why do why do we? Are we gonna keep having poetry time all the way to the end of the show? I'm not even sure we are gonna end this show anyway. No, <laughs> it's twenty six and we've done nine. Nine. Um, I don't know. It's like one third. We're th- one third in. I think we we're should. We're doing very we well. We should do it. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think we should do it, and I think we should keep the poets because you know what? I mm-hmm. understand that you like these shows to be free floating. Mm-hmm. But Free some structure is nice. Some structure is nice. No, I actually agree, and I r- I really enjoy like looking for the poet of the week um, because some ti- some days like today it's difficult F- because there are very few people with names starting from I, especially in the Western context. I yeah. H- how do you find an I poet? Yeah, I mean I went to Wikipedia <laughs> to find an I poem a poet, and I've uh, I've s- I've read quite a few things but what I really enjoyed and this is what we're doing today is this uh, Zen master from the 14th century Zen master yes well you usually offer us uh, modernist poets or postmodernist poets and suddenly we go back to the what century 14th century okay Japan so it's like a Buddhist monk um called EQ. EQ, okay. Mm. So what is really interesting about EQ is that um unlike his uh, fellow monks, he was really into like going to brothels, being a drunk. He was very like wild, especially for a Zen monk. <laughs> yeah, especially for a Zen monk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like really contradictory, but he because he was so wise and kind of uh, super talented in uh, his prose and his poetry, people really admired him, despite the fact he had like such a wild life. Okay. So he was a drunk Zen monk, so I think that's worth kind of uh, paying some attention to. Okay. So I picked a few of his poems you can read. <coughs> okay. Most of, them, uh, most of them are like... Um, like really short, kind of high-quest poems. I want to serve you delicacies. Alas, the Zen sect can offer nothing. At which the visitor replied, The mind which treats me 
to nothing is the original void, a delicacy of delicacies. Very zen. <laughs> well, kind of disturbed zen. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I really liked about him. You'll see more. Forming void. The tree is stripped, all color, fragrance gone, yet already on the bow, uncaring spring. This cow has come to teach you. What you do is where you are. Where you are is what you do. Nobody knows which monk I was. I'm 80, still alive, looking up every night, snapping my fingers at time at the promise of love. Eat the wind, eat the water, nobody can say how. I know a man who stood 20 years on Gojo Bridge. Even if Buddha himself kneeled at my deathbed, he wouldn't be worth shit. I still worry about how I look my dry white hair, oh, age wanting to fuck, but I'll sing no matter how things are. My dying teacher could not wipe himself, unlike you disciples who use bamboo, I cleaned his lovely ass with my bare hands. This it's is intense. my favorite. Yeah, it's yeah. Intense. Okay. It's okay. like um, it's I don't know. It's this disturbed Zen uh, kind of wisdom that I really loved. Um, yeah, there is one book with translations in English. Um, I'm, if anyone wants, I mean, they should look it up. I mean, uh, it, it it raises some questions of translation. I mm, mean, absolutely. You know, they 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 use the term fuck and shit and mm. um, you know ass. And uh, is it meant to be like this? Mm, the translator was is a, um, yeah, an early medieval uh, Japanese uh, poetry expert, and he worked with um, uh, with uh, Zen uh, experts too. So it, it's supposedly a very good translation. I mean, I I like uh, contrary to Athanasius, who's a bit totalitarian with mm. his things. Mm. I like when inside particular sects as mm. it where there are people who kind of like fall out mm. and do mm. not fit the rest yep. of the team I, I also love that um, <coughs> yeah but here we have a, a zen monk that talks about shit and fucking and you don't see oh 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 so he's a real monk yes oh i love that <laughs> i love that um the doubt the uh, doubt yeah there is because there's a there's a real as you say there's a real doubt of the of the fundamentals, yes, yeah, yes. The belongings to the community. <laughs> I have the same issue. That's why I don't like. Also, I can't fit in in psychoanalytic churches. Because well, although although you, you know, you do also kind of fit. I in do, I do, but it's always this kind uh, of. It's more like you like the dogma, but not so much the church. Yes, <laughs> I don't like the community. I like the book. <laughs> exactly. You know, like um, uh, one of the poems, uh, he describes how he went to his master and he was like, um, the master said, now you are a Zen master. And Nikyu is like, fuck this bullshit, I don't give a shit. So the master said, this is a proof you are a Zen master. This is kind of like Anian. Oh, okay. But also kind of, you know. Zen. Zen. <laughs> I, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to intervene a little bit with the music here. Yeah. Because I like how you, um, you know, I like this kind of Zen monk who is kind of not totally like real, but also kind of real. So I'd like to play a band 
called iJog and the tracksuits and it's a kind of cockney punk band and i think cockney is this sort of like zen difference very nice So, uh, we have reached half of our show. Um, already one hour has passed. How do you feel? Uh, uh, you are guest, Athanasios. I feel more um, liberated, one could say. That the first half is gone. Yes. You yes. think, uh, you have any dreams and hopes about the second half? Um, I hope it's going to go as well, along with the first. It's like, you know, defecation. Defecation. Yeah. It's like you, hope, you always hope the whole of it is going to go away. But something stays. Always. Like reversed or being fucked. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Reversed? <laughs> so, um, <coughs> the next uh, keyword for our show is... Ice cream. Oh, our guest uh, told us what um, the... Word will be, the term will be, ice cream. I mean, why would we want, I mean, after all these, um, you know, very um, 
heavy, heavy uh, terms. Why would we want to focus on ice cream? For me, like ice cream is like the locus of dissensus. Uh, in a way, because everybody's like, ooh, ice cream, ooh, ice cream in the summer, okay, of course, but everybody's like, okay, yeah, let's have some ice cream in the winter also and stuff like that. I'm like, I hate ice cream. Fuck me, what's that? Ice cream is a bit like, uh, yeah, let's go for drinks after work. Yeah, but it's not even that. It's, it's not like annoying. It's less it's than It's all that. these positive life people who have ice cream and they feel like, ooh, amazing. Yeah, and, and, and it's... And also, I don't, know. I don't know, it's connected with all these, um, um, okay, it's not very good for you, but I'm going to do something naughty. And, you know, it's kind of... Yes, exactly, this, this sort to of spoil yourself a bit. Uh, yeah. But you know what? It's this thing that um, um, I came across in Britain. They mm -hmm. have this kind of uh, ice cream vans. Yeah. Which, uh, this for me was the first time I... I came across this kind of creepy ice cream van because they played this kind of very weird child music yeah uh, but it's really it's it's nightmarish like almost. the devil yes and they go around in the neighborhoods and all the children like run to them to be honest with you like I, i personally i personally like this element you like it yes i mean that's the only that's <coughs> the only maybe element of ice cream culture that i like because that's unapologetically creepy Ah, true, true. Apologetically yeah. creepy. In because that sense, yeah. Uh, whereas, for example, I think the the fact that now in, in Athens and around Europe they serve quality Italian gelato, I oh, think yeah. that's non-unapologetically creepy. It's not, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I that's true. I I uh, we have a But fan of ice cream in the, in the studio. Oh, you we know do? that. Who's that? Okay. You are both fascists. <laughs> You're both fascists. We knew that before the show started. You knew what? That you're fascist. Okay. I didn't know you both didn't like ice cream. We. You don't like because you are you, you are a, a lizard person, like uh, what Aiki says, and you need warmth all the time, being on the sun all the time, and It's cold true. things. Alienate like, my body. Yes, It's you true. are like uh, you lose the percentage of uh, of soul. Exactly, I do the same because uh, my reason for not having ice cream is my sensitive throat. Mm -hmm. So I have removed my tonsils, and ah. since then I can eat ice it's cream. It's not sensitive when you put things inside that should not be there. It's not because exactly that. It's different when you put warm things in it, uh -huh. and it's another thing when you put yeah, it's like ice cold I, things I, I, in I, it. You know, it's obviously that's why fevers, when when they create sex toys like yes. gags and uh, dildos and so on, they don't make them from like. <laughs> Metal or marble. That's not even true. They, they don't. They don't make like marble <laughs> dildos. I uh, think frozen mar marble dildos. First of all, there are both yeah. glass and metal dildos. Yeah, but they're not so. All popular, these years in they? Germany, you've learned nothing. nothing. It's true. <laughs> It's true. Go back to your village <laughs> and never eat an ice cream again. These are more Manancherio um, approaches. <laughs> Listen, chocolate ice cream. He's, is it's clear that the manager in him is like awakening. <laughs> And in the last uh, two I feel years, very as we attacked. all know, I uh, feel very attacked. F89 has shown a real managerial, um, you know, drift. Yeah. Ice cream, like chocolate ice cream, is what people have so they not eat their shit. I thought that's what chocolate is. I, I, ice, ice cream, chocolate is more like scatological in that sense, if you ask me. It's like my my father used to call it 
Turning a cone. Kurados in Greek. Kurados. Kurados sounds like ancient Greek. Yes. Very much. Yes. Also, you know, in East Germany, or maybe in Germany in general, I don't know, they have this kind of... Um, um, this kind of ice creams that are like spaghetti or lasagna or something like that. Do they? Yeah, and my friend Johanna told me it's very common and she was very surprised that yeah. I was surprised. In which part of Germany is this? I've this I've was I've East Germany. for like 10 years and I've never heard of lasagna yes, ice cream. Yes, they have spaghetti ice cream and they have like cream spaghetti ice cream. And it's like, you know, how Germans are <laughs> with this kind of... Creamy, uh, shitty. Look, look. Maybe because I, maybe, maybe because my experience is is from uh, the uh, civilized part of Germany. Yeah, also, no, from Berlin, which is actually a city they a actually city taken over by Italians. No, no, any, it, everybody knows. But that. in Berlin, they actually eat the shit, so they don't do the spaghetti ice cream. Ah, there is also there is there is no need for sublimation there. Exactly, exactly. Um, the, the uninhibited ice cream The uninhibited <laughs> ice cream lovers. Um, and uh, I'm going to continue with a song. I think we, we can play a song now. And I'm Are going to play sing? something from um, from an Italian band because I Oof. think it's uh, uh, somehow we're, we're, we're approaching the Ita- Italian issue. Uh, it's and it's what I call humph. Humph, yes. And this is uh, actually a, a great... Uh, a post-punk project called Hypnotico Tango and the song is called Erotico Mango. Le ancelle della principessa, appena riemutesi dallo spavento, diedero l'allarme appena fu possibile raggiunsero la stanza reale. Intanto il principe Ivan, seduto sulla groppa da due dietro la bella Elena aveva modo di ammirare la suprema bella Guardare fino alle 4 le tv private, ci guadagnano insonnia. Il vento decide di essere Stretta la criniera del suo destriero, la principessa si spiegò della sua grottesca recitazione, inalberando il velo della sua solitudine.
ghiaccio e siro. È un fatale. Carneficina colori 24 pollici. As uh, F uh, 89 already knows, mm-hmm. it's uh, the let's say that Dadaistic mm-hmm. uh, post-punk scene of uh, Italy and mostly Bologna actually re- is one of the very few things I really like about Italy. Bolognese. Bolognese, exactly. He also likes the food. That's <laughs> yeah. The thing. I, um, this is the ABC of Ita, the show on. I, the uh, I, with a special guest star. Our special guest star is. Athanasius. Exactly. This is him. Yes. And we our next uh, uh, keyword is Italy. Oh, we we're not doing the drum roll. No drum roll. Humph. Humph. Italia. Fratelli. And uh, we Italia is uh, you know. We are there are three people today in the show. Um, we are three people who equally generally dislike Italy, one could say. You could say that. Could you say that? I could say that. Although I like, like... No, I don't even like fascism. The Italian fascism. <laughs> Which is like a scandal, because you can say, like, you like many things. At least you like you don't pizza, like, you, you like uh, post-punk. Yes. But you don't even like uh, don't the proper fascism exactly, of Italy. Exactly, because it has this kind of more renaissance flair to it it's not proper fascism it's not like industrial like new wave fascism (laughs) (laughs) and a bit more protestant inspired so what's the deal with uh with italy why is italy so terrible pizza and mandolino (laughs) topolino paperino It's, I don't know. It's really difficult to explain. If our audience cannot understand why Italy is bad, why do they listen to our show? You think that uh, th- this has been implied all the way through? It should be self-evident, I would say. Look, like, what, what, is Greece better than Italy? You know, this is a really challenging question to me because, okay, politically I'm like, yeah, Greece is worse. 
haha, Greece is bad. But then, uh, Berlusconi... Uh, is the problem of contemporary Italy that it is actually in its mm-hmm. basis a country like Greece, but which pretends to itself that it isn't? That mm-hmm. it's like more Western or more civilized or something like this? Come on, it, it, come on. What? It's Italy. It's Italy. What? It's Italy. First of all, you can't really tell that Italy is it's like a, a unit on its own. It's like it's split, it's divided, it's like whew, it's humph, yeah. as I said. It's this kind of, it's a messy situation there. Like they're not even, like they hardly can be a state... Yeah, themselves, but, you know. but this you can say about very many You can say that countries. about everything. Yeah, there there are many antagonisms and complexities, nuances, but what? let me finish. What? Let me what? finish. The thing with Italy is, and the reason we have it here, is not like Italy, like a, an in-depth analysis of the, I don't know, the political geography of this country. No. Italy is Italy, a concept. Annoying. It's an annoying concept. Uh, regardless of whether it is a country that makes sense, regardless of its history or whatever. In 2018, Italy is an annoying concept. It is. But I think for Greeks, especially for Greeks, Italy is the same as America or the States are for Europe, you know? It's this kind of thing that It's the first colony, it's Magna Grecia. My friend uh, Marcello is saying all the time, oh, Magna Grecia, Magna Grecia, and stuff like that. Una fata, una razza, and stuff. <laughs> you mean it's our, it's our uh, it's kind, this of, kind like of like advanced twisted brothers, advanced but twisted brothers. Yes, but twisted, yeah, 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 yeah. Like but also Italy is it's like one of, the, one of the pillars of, not Italy exactly, but... This whole situation back then, you know, like... Back then is back then Rome. Centuries, <laughs> millennia back then. Back then yeah. When you say back then, you mean I'm Rome. I'm in Rome. I'm in <laughs> yes. Rome, yes. You know, all this kind of stuff have uh, been really influential for the West. But you're making and it very it's, heavy. It's and very heavy. I didn't really... I'm I don't Athanasius, think we, darling. I, mean, I know you're Athanasius <laughs> and there is no time and no death. There's no mercy. Uh, uh, and no mercy, but the... I think the reason why we wanted to include Italy mm. is because it's simply annoying. Yeah. Uh, you know the fact that in Italy, all Italians in the summer wear speedos. Speedo. They, they That's the spirit. That's the Italy <laughs> we're looking for. <laughs> yes. Not the Rome. <laughs> yes. It's the speedo. Every, everybody, you know, straights, bisexuals, but lo- but look, homosexuals. If you if you want to if you want to actually look historically at Italy, one can say that there's been interesting things that have come out of Italy. Explain. Throughout the 20th century, there's ah, been yeah, yeah. a number of things. Avant-garde. From the 60s onwards, not so much. Uh, kind of rare. Cunellis. Uh, autonomia, for example, mm. is obviously not my favorite thing, especially how it developed mm-hmm. and so on. But um, there's been some very interesting things. It's been a country where, f- for example, a lot of absurdism and dadaism and so mm. on flourished. And, uh, and arte povera. Uh, this is the shitty stuff. But, however, mm. one can say that contemporary art, modern art, I- whether you like it or not, started in Italy. Because the fathers of contemporary art, whether you like it or not historically, is the futurists. You cannot say that this was not the initial, the very first break 
the very first moment of self-reflexive art and so on. Futura. Ah, so Italo-Russian situation. Italo-Russian, but because actually... it's Russia also. Well, if you go, if you, if you purely want to look at it historically, the futurists evolve in 1910s and really the Russian avant-garde is of the 1920s primarily. Not really, no. Uh, very late 10s. Let's, okay. Even if you want to call it the Italo-Russian situation, one could say that in comparison to the absolute trash that Italy is today, yeah. it has actually shown in, in points of the 20th century interesting things going on. Yes, so what, especially what one of the most interesting things was the, um, like the, how do you say that, like the founding of the Catholic state. I mean the, the Vatican Clearly, you early see century. A, so you see that, yeah, exactly. You can see because you're talking about the avant-garde, and it's really weird that you go to Russia, like the Third Rome, the Orthodox Church, and so on and so on, after Istanbul and stuff, Constantinople and stuff like that, yes, yes. and then you go to Italy, and then you see that there there has been um, fascism, and also what. Like the church becoming a, a state, like on its own within Italy, like it's like a, a something getting independent within Italy, but it, it's it's not it's 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 a bit the reverse. It's not a secular state that becomes independent from an empire. It's a religious it's state that becomes secular. Yes, yes, and it's this amazing. This is an avant-garde. Yes. In in the other way around, you know? I mean, it's the reverse. But you need the reverse in order to do the other side as well. Whereas in Greece, that all things are quite taken for granted mm -hmm. and so on. Tell me where the avant-garde is. But yeah, there is hardly Especially any. Especially back then. Mount Athos. Mount Athos. Uh, Mount Athos, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Greek avant-garde. That's the Greek avant-garde, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Papa <coughs> I I was thinking about talking about this movie I hate, Call Me By Your Name, but I think the discussion is more deep now. So let's uh, go to music, maybe. What 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 why peaches? Tell us, tell us slightly. Tell us very quickly why did you mention uh, Call Me By Your Name? Uh, because and what you hate about this movie. Because it takes place in Italy, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like the the main protagonists are not Italian. Mm -hmm. They are uh, French and American, mm -hmm. and the Italians are the background characters, the ones who bring the fresh fish, the ones who are like the servants, the beautiful boys who run around them. I don't think that's a very bad use of Italians. Because I have to say that, for example, if you look at Berlin, yeah. when Italians get creative, it's pretty terrible. But when they actually just go somewhere... They're, they're good looking. Visually, they're very nice. Actually, like it works. They have they have nice genes. So oh. so as 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 background yeah. characters who who carry the fish, they're very nice. Like they cook nicely and they look good. So I would personally that's what that's what the best of use of Italians I think is. Okay, they bring a uh, they bring a flair of more something senior, as we say. Yeah, it's 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 well, more like. Um, What's the other term? Finezza. Finezza. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but also like DNA Finezza. This is what I mean. 
visual, yeah. visual DNA finezza. Like this is important because you said are Greeks worse than Italians? Greeks are They're much worse looking, for example. For sure. Than Italians, for sure. You know. Yeah, Greeks are doing this kind of pyjama politics. Yeah. And it's like not Turkish enough to be like the full Middle Eastern. Mm -hmm. Not Italian to be tall and kind of, you know, you know, some uh, attractive. B uh, and not Balkan enough to be to, to have like extreme, uh, you, you know, know like the cheekbones or something like yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's this something in between which is sort of dull. Mediocre. Mediocre. You know why? Because I feel that Greeks um because they were in the center of uh, not not in the center but they were part of the Ottoman Empire but they were not in the fringes or like in the borders of it. So they became very like okay, let's hang out like and chill and stuff like that. Whereas the Balkans the Balkans, mm -hmm. they were really like holding the <laughs> gates. A whole other, <laughs> a whole other discussion. Um, yeah, and it's good that the Greeks um, all have beards now because they are all fuckable now. I, th I think they're better with beards mm, than without. All fuckable. Um, it fixes the lack of um, jaws, and jaws, jaw lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Uh, so. Uh, I'll play one more Italian post-punk song. You see, Italy's good. Um, Another humph for Italy. Another humph. Humph. <laughs> Let me break it by all sex. Let 
to the ABC of ITA, the letter I today, and uh, with our special guest here in the studio, Athanasius, and this is his uh, copyright sound for the day, um, Bubble Trademark. Bubble, bubbles. Yes. Oh, come on, you're so ironic. You're so ironic. You're so ironic, we can't speak with you, like... That's like nihilism in action. And that was, ladies and gentlemen, a spoiler for uh, the next uh, term. Uh, Let's uh, give it a round of applause. (laughs) And the next term is irony. So Mm -hmm. we're not, uh, as our friends uh, Peosphoros have recently said, we're not talking about ironing. (laughs) I didn't remember that. Yes, we're talking about irony. That's a really difficult topic. A really difficult topic. A really difficult did, topic. Did this topic used to be easier 10 years ago, you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And why has that been? I used to think that irony is generally a force of uh, goodness in the world. Okay. Throughout my life, mm-hmm. I've been uh, accused of being too ironic, mm-hmm. to a degree that people at some point in my life couldn't take me seriously because they didn't believe when I was sincere. And you mean ironic and not sarcastic because, you know, there is this whole Alanis Morissette issue. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? But some of it was sarcastic and some of it... Can you explain the distinction? Because I, I speak uh, this language uh, be- very difficultly. I'm uh, not 100% sure. I mean, I've read some distinctions on the difference between irony and sarcasm. Mm. I'm not sure that the line is drawn very specifically. I mean, generally the line mm. is that as someone who makes a comment, that's sarcasm. Whereas something that sort of happens to you, like as a misfortune or something like this, that's irony. Ah. Like life brings irony, whereas people are sarcastic. This is largely the the difference that I know of. I see. However, I, I'm talking now like etymologically from what I remember. However, this is not really used like that. Um, and we very frequently, both in English and in Greek, we say you're being ironic mm. when we, may, we really mean sarcastic. So I don't think 
we we need to go into the etymology of this. And I think sarcasm in Greek, it's more negative. Like, I think it's more negative. Uh, more than yeah. I mean, I it, think it's yeah. It I has think in this English kind of it's more negative. Also, like shades. Let's say shades. Yeah. Shades of. Uh, in, in shades of, di- of of negativity, yes, I think sarcasm falls in a more maybe somewhat under the belt yes. territory. Yes, yeah, yeah, under that. Yeah, uh, but but regardless of the etymology, whether I'm right or wrong, for me, to me, you know, sarcasm always rings this uh, other word, which is sarka, which is flesh. Ah. So I find it very like uh, flesh ripping apart. Okay. Thank poetic approach thank you for this poetic to language, etymology. which is useful. Um, uh, we talk about linguistics. But what about us. irony and uh, us? So there, there is a cultural thing there because I think the Greek humor, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like traditionally the ironic kind of sarcastic kind of as I've, as I've phlegmatic, let's look, say. As I've, as I've explained to you in other shows, shows, yeah. There is no such thing as Greek humor. <laughs> I forget. There is no such thing as Greek humor. Greek, Basically Greek humor. Yeah. And you will be, Athanasius, interested in what I'm saying because of exactly the sort of stuff we were talking about about Italy. Essentially, gr- Greek humor is a, an extension of Commedia dell'arte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of, uh, let's say, um, gags, um, of uh, laughing at other people's misfortune, of you know, it has nothing to do with layers, mm-hmm. like let's say maybe English or dare I say German humor. <gasps> <laughs> Very controversial. <laughs> dare I say? So um, yeah, I, I would say it's it's this kind of supposed feel good, but actually. Uh, mean humor maybe this one is what you greek humor is and mm. I, I wouldn't say that this is a sense of humor as much as it is a sense of machismo or other things maybe what you describe is also a different uh, relationship to language uh, absolutely yeah so the the one kind of the joke re- relies in the more kind of ironic kind of humor relies on the the subtleties of the of the linguistic mm-hmm. multi-layering kind of structure and the other case the language is Abject is is about and you know, immediacy, and of course you know why because Greeks are so, so at all times thinking that there is are so prone to conspiracy, are so prone right. to adding extra layers that they cannot cope with a sense of humor which plays with that because that's obviously too dangerous mm. because the moment you're entering multiple layers and self-reflexivity and so on the whole construction is destroyed you know you sort of like it's almost like you're holding a mirror against the possibility of multiple layers and multiple mm-hmm. interpretations yeah. and so on it's and all about restraint in a way because the uh, because it feels like in english you have all these um i don't know let's say restraint in 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 how you uh, deal with language or how you deal with yourself within society and, and uh-huh. s- stuff like that uh-huh. so and this idea of this kind of protestant a bit idea of um you have yeah, limits to, and so on yeah, yeah limit yourself and especially limit your excitement mm-hmm. and you can't be excited in 
any kind of situation. So I feel with Greeks that they want to be all over the place and they want to just like go f from humph to humph. Mm -hmm. um, they have this kind of um, difficulty to play with, uh, to subvert the um, the authority or like the restraint that the presence of the authority I see. Um, mm -hmm. Brings there, um, but let's bring it a little bit to the present uh, because I think you wanted to say to to mention something about irony uh, with regards to the uh, contemporary internet generation. Somewhat, mm. um, I think one could say that maybe F eighty nine is a bit of a specialist in that. When mm. I when I when I met him. I never was a sincere kid, but let's say maybe I was a little bit less postmodern, and he opened the door of, uh, you know, the the gates of internet trolling and so on to me. So, in the past, let's say, 15 years, uh, irony has become, let's say, the lingua franca of the anonymous internet, let's say, the, the image boards, um, you know, all these places where people basically are not with their faces and their names. YouTube comments. YouTube so. comments, etc. To to an extent that at some point it was absolutely impossible to tell if someone was serious or not in their bullshit. Um, it was almost like an experiment to the limits of irony, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so what is sincere? And, and to, where to, are to, we now? Where are we now in uh, Donald Trump uh, becoming a president? Through a campaign that largely online uh, was, was somehow ironic and a farce, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah basically, for Anap many unapologetically farcical for know. many Trumpian trolls, it was all about trolling the feminist, you know, making fun of the political correctness, the regime, um, joking like the joke, uh, Trump being a daddy, ironically. Um, but then at the same time, many people. Believing in these things, yeah, uh, non-ironically, and this is like. And then you have, of course, uh, the monstrosities like Milo Yiannopoulos kind yeah. of bringing all of that together. So when when someone was like uttering a critique of this discourse, for example, then they would be like, "Haha, this is a joke. You're attacking a straw man, basically." So the, it was impossible to basically tackle this this political uh, discourse because every time you try to make a critique, they would be like. But what are you critiquing? That's bullshit. That's a joke. Yeah. Obviously, and, and, and we don't believe in pedophilia, for example, which was like a thing and in of the course, Trump campaign. And of course, um, this connects also to our own work and one of mm. the critiques we had. Mm. And a possibly fair critique mm. is, yes, but if you are at all times uh, this multi-layered, possibly ironic thing, then you can never lose or you know what you what you know where 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 does it lead wha and also what you're doing what is the the use of this kind of uh, positioning in this time and this in this historical moment but the problem is where if 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 there has to be an alternative what is the alternative because we've seen e extremely dreadful things like new sincerity a return to new age and so on so yeah. that's the problem where do you go after irony if you have to go somewhere else yeah, i think i think it's about humor and irony yes yeah and it's this thing that you say about trump and all this generation of 
the young people or whatever but you can see like a wave of irony coming back and any kind of term like according to my thinking let's say any kind of thing has two aspects or two sides let's say like a coin so when you're talking about humor and irony you have an irony that is a bit more coming from nihilism or like uh, or like going to a nihilistic positioning and you have also a humor and an irony that it's more constructive and somehow wants to undermine in order to add something in order to put another brick there or break it break one unit in order to let others um be generated there so um i think lately we come across this kind of recurrence of nihilism in a way and that's I what that's a, i think that's a really I good find, point i don't know i think that's a really good point and and maybe that's the that's the way out really to the to to the issue of where do you go after irony uh it, actually rewinding kind of zooming out a little bit and looking at who is doing the ironic statement for what reason mm -hmm. uh, looking at their work in general maybe mm -hmm. or, or looking at their context in which they operate um, yeah and 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 then look at it as a, as, a, as a tool so not not really bring irony be like one mm. thing like one medium, but actually realize that there are different types of irony, as you say. But this, I, I'm a bit worried that this constructive irony, let's say, as, as much as I like the idea of, the, of this distinction, it might bring back the, the, the ghost of humanism in, in, in our praxis. Uh, but humanism traditionally does not, is not really connected with being ironic or True. with being... Uh, even particularly self-reflexive uh it's usually connected to um i don't know narratives of uh, authenticity and authenticity and so on absolutely uh let's move into a song mm. influenza prods and confucius Thank you. 
Back, yes. Um, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> the ABC of Ita, the letter I. Are we queer anymore? No, we're straight. And here with us, I another like straight person. If you're not a queer, you're straight. <laughs> with us is Athanasius, um, and his trademark bubble sound for the day. You know that in. Um, um, now there's all rhyming about catchphrases. S- rhyming slang. Bubbles are the Greeks. <gasps> what do you mean? You didn't know that. <laughs> no. Um, I'll give you the please, rhyming slang please. etymology. Yeah. Um, do you know what rhyming slang is? No. You know rhyming slang, the phenomenon, right? Ah, no, no. Is it a phenomenon? Ah, come ah. on. You know when when in East in East London uh, they use uh, instead of saying, for example wife they would say uh, trouble and strife they use something with two okay. words that rhyme with yeah that. okay but i didn't know it was a it's a, an extremely thing. complex phenomenon you're making okay. you trivializing it with your tone oh, of sorry, voice sorry. it is an extremely <laughs> extremely complex <laughs> linguistic phenomenon in which the slang is longer than the original word and it is oh, also yes. and it is also it also has to do with a very a kind of secretive in a way language mm. because instead of when you say um, instead of wife you say uh, uh, trouble and strife you can also use just trouble so uh. wife is trouble because it rhymes with trouble and strife so where does bubble come from where george michael yeah <laughs> no um, apart from george michael um he's dead by the way Yes, Greek rhymes with bubble and squeak, which is a squeak. Bubble and squeak. You know nothing about bubble Britain. Bubble and squeak. Bubble and squeak yeah. is a is a British uh, breakfast thing. Ah, what's that monstrosity? <laughs> Have you ever been to uh, to the UK? <laughs> to the. <laughs> <laughs> what's bubble and squeak? I've bubble and squeak is a fried that. thing they do with cabbage in the in in the Greek uh, breakfasts, but obviously in the English sorry in the English breakfast, but obviously not in the hipster English breakfasts, they have removed it. There is no non-hipster anymore in London. Yes, Darling. okay. In the original, in the original uh, bubble... There is only hipster and uh, Brexit now. Bubble and... Uh, nice. 
<laughs> hipster and Brexit. Hipster and Brexit. Bu- bubble and squeak was the rhyming slang for Greek. So, ah. but then you remove the and squeak part, and then bubble is a Greek, is a bubble. And so George Michael is called the bubble with a stubble. Scandalo. Scandalo. Anyway, closing this, because we're not talking about rhyming slang today. We should talk about in the R show. We will definitely talk about rhyming because slang. Because I also have a rhyming show. slang name. You have a rhyming slang <laughs> name, and you have a, a lot of rhyming slang stories I'm absolutely, sure, absolutely from your um, in-laws in-laws <laughs> exactly <laughs> were speaking um, the language yes yeah. and they w- used to call me bubble and i was really happy that phil has introduced me so i was not uh, ah you weren't sure why you're you were the bubble <laughs> no i knew because i know a bit of rhyming slang and, and yeah yes. we will go back to that you, topic and in a way you're also a bubble with a stubble <laughs> like george <laughs> anyway um who's dead <coughs> it's really very interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. You, it's uh, I, th- there's a it's b- educational. 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 You know, you know that this show is not just entertaining because Fita believe that's why we do so much interactive art. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Fita yeah. believe that we should be edu- educational. Exactly. Yeah. And it's what is the word? It c- by the way, we didn't we didn't speak about interactivity and art at all. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute. It's nice. Yeah. I I'm going to. Do a mashup of two words. Okay. Uh, not really a mashup, but I'm going to bring two words together. A mashup would be a portmanteau. It's not a portmanteau. It's um, I'm going to bring the words improv and indie oh. together. Something tells me, Phil, <coughs> you will be a bit dismissive of these things. I'm fairly dismissive <laughs> of these things. <laughs> you see how, how well I know you? Yes. Um, look, <coughs> I'm fairly dismissive of indie and improv for two different but also similar reasons. Are you racist? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, if anything, these are highly white territories. So, um, just for your information. Indie so and improv. improv. What's the problem with these two terms? Very quickly, indie is this, what they call sort of like uh, alternative bands playing you know, let's say rock-based music, but with an edge. Yes. Improv is when um, various musicians from different fields come together and they they play music without structures. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm not going to, first of all, uh, you know... uh, the basics of this is that it's uh, they're both very male-dominated cultures. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even... It, this is not even a question of a feminist approach. This is a question of just the fact that too many men together, generally it comes together as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of everybody knows that. Are you against orgies? Mm, not particularly. That's a good question. But are these men really... But are, are orgies a bit into improv or more into the indie side? <laughs> we, we, that's a very good question. It's a good but, question. But because you are, you know, your your approach to these things is very synesthetical. Yes. I cannot uh, really respond uh, okay. without having okay. to use my arms extensively. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right. Um, but what I hate about those cultures is that they they are essentially cultures of mediocrity and of thinking that they are 
other than what they are. I think you're a straight hater. A hater. <laughs> of what? He used to love the straight people. Because straight guys, let's say, yes. in general, yes. they need, you know, they need to let it lose a bit. Y- yes. So this is how they let it lose, yes, you but know. This <laughs> bit is my problem. This a bit. This a bit. Yeah, because it's, then you it's know. the same with Italy. Yeah. It's the same with a lot of things. Yeah. It's this kind of a bit. This bit of fart. This, this bit of fruit. Uh, exactly. This is this is exactly the problem. Like either you're gonna like embrace hysteria and let it go and like you know lick the fucking ice cream. Yeah. Or you're gonna you know or you're gonna say no. I am, you know, I like structures, I am this, I am that, you know, and and I cannot, you know, I, I, am, I am a protestant, I cannot go further than that. The moment you start being indie or improv, it's a bit like, pff, that doesn't interest anybody, actually. And on the other hand, you like metal, right? Metal is absolutely Which hysterical. Which can be, yes, exactly. absolutely. So let's hysterical. give this kind of... Absolutely hysterical. Difference there. <coughs> and of course, it's not a surprise that a country like Greece has a lot of these cultures, a lot of these mediocre boyish cultures, uh, if I could uh, mention them like this. And um, because... Because they have issues with their mothers. Yes. It's more about having issues with your mother than having issues with how you have to be a man within the world. But why why do they uh, why do they what, what in Greece there is also the culture of uh, you know let's say an inhibited hooliganism tra- well apart from hooliganism also an inhibited trash in a way ah, there true. is bouzouki bouzoukia stuff and so yeah. on um, it's all about the mother yes. it's this kind of mother son relationship and this kind of uh, incestuous not member of the Church of Psychoanalysis. Incest, another word. That just oh, fuck, I can't believe up. it. was too close to the bone because I've been reading so much incest pornography lately. No, but I think, yeah, we owe it to the, the local. <laughs> we owe it to Greece. We have to talk about incest. We will do it next. Okay. Uh, I have a good experience with improv. Can I share or yeah. is it a bit... Uh, I thought with incest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, uh, can we hear improv experience? So, uh, in that uh, conference, we participated as Fittini, uh, called uh, Sound Gender Activist Feminism in London, in the London University of uh, Art, the Arts. Uh, we had a session with Maggie Nichols, a very famous and amazing uh, female in- vocalist. Yeah. An improv singer, in a way. An improv singer at large, um, who basically organized an improv session which was mainly women, obviously, because it was a feminist conference. And and because men are kind of non-hysterical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was super new agey, super new agey. Like, all the exercises were, like... The workshop itself, you mean? Yeah, and, like, very much around ideas of trans, like, trans as ec- ecstasies, like, uh, you know, um, altered state, let's say. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was so good. I don't know. It was so. I don't know if it's about the audience or it's about like the psychotherapeutic kind of, you know, easy expression. I don't know. Look, I mean, uh, I think the the overlaps of improv and therapy are possibly interesting, or it okay. might have to do with the fact that you 
don't have any structure in the way you create things. So True. the moment that you see that someone actually, even within an improv scenario, creates something, that's for you a revelation. I don't know. That might have to do utterly with your the other thing I really enjoyed lack of uh, <laughs> structure. Well, and and, and uh, talent and co- content and everything. The thing I really enjoyed in that session was that it was mainly women, and they all had the angelic voices. So the improv was like really angelic, and then I would end there, and it would be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our friend Louisa the Locks, I was there, and she really struggled not to f- like die of laughter. The real, yeah, the real improv and the return of the real. <laughs> but I don't know. You were the audience are of uh, the performance we made no, out of it that. It was nice. The performance was nice. Yeah. Um, let's go into a song and then we go to the final term. Maybe we don't have much more. We have like Incest. six more minutes. Actually, yes, six more minutes. Incest. Incest. Okay. <laughs>
So this is uh, almost. We're done. We're almost done. Yes, uh, but before we go, before we go, we wait. have to uh, walk uh, into. The I want to say that we wanted. I, w I, w I wanted to. I wanted to talk a little bit about interactive art, and, uh, and I wanted to talk about the philosopher of the week that was. Luce Irigaray. But obviously but we I wanted to talk about incest. And obviously because it's our guest, he wins. Yes, thank you very much. How much? Wow, like it's this Greek hospitality. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So uh, would you like to tell us what exactly interests you in incest? I mean, everybody's interested in incest, mm -hmm. whether they say it or not. Uh-huh. Uh, because everybody, because incest is this kind of huge, super, ultra powerful black hole, you know, like the this kind of um, black hole. <laughs> yes, yes. In the universe, in the in space, as they say, and uh, everybody is is severely and occasionally. Um, Deadly attracted to it. Am I wrong, Fee uh, fee 89? The prohibition of incest is the reason uh, human civilization exists. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 But uh, the 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 desire to perform incest is um, is is always there as death. And this is the closest thing I, I would add to death. And because my, my, I'm also known as Thanatos, uh, I can't but talk about this issue. But I would like to, to ask Fee89 uh, about his uh, good experience with incest, or did I get it wrong? My good experience with incest? <laughs> I don't really have an experience <laughs> of incest. <laughs> but I was really interested in uh, ancestral gay pornography uh, for the past few months. But do you mean like role-playing or...? Actual. Actual. <laughs> Are you in the dark web? <laughs> no, you can never know because uh, you can only know with identical twins, I guess, yeah. which are quite a few videos but generally it's mostly a role playing in the sense that this is about the the story and not it's not a visible mark it's not like i like i don't know a certain race or i like a certain you know facial characteristic or that you know there is pornography in which uh you are you know someone actually shows you their paper <laughs> you know, their <laughs> <identity>. child <laughs> child certificate but yeah listen like the reason i brought it up is because gay incest is obviously something like a meta prohibition because obviously not a prohibition against you know bringing up offsprings of uh, bad uh, you know in their in their you know in their in, in family kind of incest ah, the, the inbreds yeah it's not about inbreeding. Yes, it's not about that. Um, yeah, my main my main focus initially was uh, because we're in Athens, in Greece's, and uh, we're Hellenes. Uh, my main focus was uh, incest in Greek terms, which has to do a lot, I think, with this uh, this 
relation to the mother. Because for me, okay, maybe, maybe I don't know, I may be accused um, for many things, but um, this is my own perspective, and it's how I see um, the omnipresence almost of um, the mother figure in Greece, and in general, I would even say, in the Orthodox-dominated, Orthodox Church-dominated, countries you know how much Mary do you get in the west how much Mary do you get in the east holy Mary I mean virgin Mary and so on but in the catholic countries of uh, let's say latin america you get loads of virgin Mary ah that's another thing yes escandalo so let's on that note I wanted to say that Greeks seem to Greek men, Greek masculinities or whatever you want to say, um, seem to have a special issue with uh, 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 with handling uh, their relationships to their mothers and especially these kind of unconscious impulses towards their mothers. Okay? But uh, tell me, like, how do you feel? How no, tell me nothing. You, it yes. is we are three minutes already right, out of, right, the, of our right. time. So I know you can talk about these it's things for like another three yes, hours. I think we need a, a conference on incest in the heart of Athens. In the heart of Athens. <laughs> it will be very... It will be a, a huge thing. Thank you very much, Athanasius, for joining us for another ABC of Ita. It was a pleasure to have you here. And thank you all for listening. And um, we are going to... See you again in two weeks with until, another letter. Until then, let's say Happy Easter to everybody. We didn't deal with the uh, humph. <laughs> oh. It's the humph time. It's another humph time. And yes, Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection. Happy Resurrection. And oh, Easter bunnies. And Easter bunnies. And chocolate eggs. And chocolate uh, scat.